0: The 2008 USCGA women's basketball team was simply extraordinary. This group of women, brought together from all different backgrounds, came together to play as a team.
1: That's Melissa Martinelli, Coast Guard Academy class of 2010 and a sophomore on the 2008 women's basketball team. The most prolific basketball team in academy history. The 2008 men's basketball team won 24 games. The 2008 women's basketball team won 25.
0: Being a younger member of this team, I had role models to look up to and I can confidently say now, still look up to. The friendships I developed during that season have only strengthened and deepened as time has passed. Maybe it was the team's record-breaking success that brought us closer, I believe it was the closeness that enabled the success.
1: Welcome to our bonus episode, Onward and Upward. Just like the men's basketball team, the Coast Guard women's basketball team had lots of seniors. Instead of the Magnificent Seven, there was a Fab Five. Natalie Moyer to Davis, Corinne McCormick, Laura Hutchinson, and Katie Calella and a couple of star underclassmen, Melissa and guard Jennifer Tamanin. The Bears were coached by Alex Samanka. Alex was the point guard for the 1979 men's basketball team, the one that reached the NCAAs for the first time in school history. Alex made the players feel like part of a big family, as did his two primary assistant coaches, his former basketball teammate Rick Gaines
0: It was just him and Coach Samanka were the ultimate team. They were just on the same page. And I think you want that, like people leading a team that understand each other and understand what they're asking of their players and what they're looking for for the team. Both of them having been cadets, been at the academy, knowing what it's like. They knew when I'm showing up late and <laughs> or my grades aren't where they need to be. They know how to sit you down and say, get it together, girl. Like This isn't okay. You got to be doing better than this. That's what I think of when I think of Captain Gaines and Coach Simanca is they were an incredible team, and they understood what that experience is like and, and how to support people on the court and off the court.
1: And the team's associate head coach, Rick's wife, Andrea Gaines.
0: She was incredible. We, we always called her Admiral Gaines, <laughs> Captain Gaines's wife. Just such an incredibly driven and, and focused woman and, and a great, I think, role model to have around a younger team of women. It's important, I think, to have strong women around you. And that's what she was around the team. We were better for it. They're wonderful people.
1: Melissa Natalie Moyer and Captain Gaines will tell us about the seniors on that team. And we'll start with Natalie.
2: This is Natalie Moyer. I'm from Oklahoma City, Oklahoma. I was a guard and captain on the women's basketball team. I was raised to give 100% in whatever you're doing. So whether that was sports, ballet, academics, I just tried to be my best at whatever it was. I remember a scenario with my dad. Basically, it was something along the lines of, this is rare. No one is great at five different types of dance and excelling in five different sports. What do you want to focus on? I just remember going up with my mom and Coach Samanka, and everybody on the basketball team was just completely welcoming to us as a family. I, from a very early age, wanted to see what else was out there. I want to be my best self, and my best self isn't defined by my academics, by my sports realm, or my family. You know, my family is a huge rock that I rely on. My extended family, all of it. However, I am Natalie Moyer. I am not a basketball player. I am not a military officer. Those are things that I do. Just the overall impression, the conversations, and the calmness that my mom had when we visited and spoke with Coach Samanca, got to see the graduation, experience it all, it was kind of like a feeling that chose me, rather than going and saying, the grass is greener here than it is at the Air Force Academy, or there are more opportunities for this than that. It wasn't really a comparison, it was really the gut feeling and just the disarming nature of the overall visit.
1: Natalie played on a senior-heavy team her freshman year and was a backup shooting guard. In her sophomore year, she moved into the starting lineup. She had a shooter's touch from three-point range and was a tenacious defensive player. Steel for Moyer for coast guard racing in the front court Lefty all the way to the hoop up in and a foul Chance for three for Moyer. to tie the game. On February eighteenth, two thousand six. Moyer had the best game by anyone in Coast Guard basketball history. She scored 47 points in a win over Babson. Laura Hutchinson for Katie Colella. Cross-court Moyer, three-pointer, up and good. Bullseye for Natalie Moyer. She's got 25 at Coast Guard back up by three at 30 to 27. Moyer, sideline right, goes into the lane. Runner with the left hand is good. And that's the single game record for Natalie Moyer. She's got 35 points. Coast Guard back up by one, 47-46. Natalie Moyer comes out. Standing ovation for Natalie Moyer. Gets high fives from everybody on the bench. Finishes with 47 points. This is Rick Gaines.
3: Her game against Babson was dictionary definition of someone in zone. And everybody will always remember that. Anyone who is there will always remember that game.
2: I remember at halftime, I may have even been one of the last ones leaving the court to go down to the locker room and which coach right now kind of escapes me. It may have even been Tammy, but they kind of said, oh, you know, 30 points at half, that's pretty good. (laughs) It really didn't resonate with me where I stood as far as the stats were concerned. It was just an overwhelmingly joyful game.
1: Natalie set a school record that season by averaging 21 points per game. By the time senior year came around, Natalie's reputation around the new Mac spoke for itself. And she viewed her role on the team as the mother hen.
2: Because I was always the last one out or the last one in, in and out of the locker room, making sure everyone got out there, everyone kind of had what they needed to then go flip the switch, get in the zone, get in my role, and just focus on that. It was kind of like, okay, does everyone have what they need? Do you have water? Are we out of the locker room? And Coach Samanka, my dad, even when I was younger, always kind of said, you were wasting so much practice time <laughs> by being the last off the court at halftime, the last on the court at the beginning of the game or after halftime. It was always kind of every second counts when you're in that role. For me, it was like, yes, but. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it, it had a purpose.
0: For, for me, it did. Nate is someone that, work ethic is the first thing that comes to mind. I'm not sure there's anyone that works harder out on the court than Nate. I mean, the the hustle that she would maintain, sometimes for 40 minutes at a time. I mean, it's just, it's really inspiring. Someone who's just going to go out there and put in the work. She's like the opposite off the court. She's bubbly and she's sweet and she's incredibly kind. And I think if someone met her, and then watch her play a basketball game, they'd be really surprised that she's just this powerhouse athlete.
1: Natalie is still the school record holder for three-pointers and steals, and ranks second in points. Coast Guard's lineup was such that it often played with two point guards on the court. One of those was to Carol Davis. Humble yourself and accept your humanity, and don't deny it and others. When you lead your people, exude that understanding of a struggle and a fight. And fight for them. And be for them. DeCarol Davis is one of the most accomplished student-athletes in school history. That clip comes from her valedictory speech at the class of 2008 graduation. She was the first African-American to be valedictorian at the academy. That year she was a finalist to be a Rhodes Scholar and she was a standout basketball player.
3: DeCarroll, awesome talent, smartest women's basketball player in the history of the program.
0: That is someone who is who's focused, who's locked in, who is executing in the way that the team has has planned to execute things running the plays.
2: Oh, DeCarroll seemed to have the answers to everything, the key to life. She had such a big brain. It was as if she was a couple steps ahead of all of us, but she was absolutely wonderful. And on the court, a ball of fire, yelling, screaming, clear out, get over, going down the left side. She was just vocal in her own way.
1: DeCarroll averaged about nine points per game for her career and ranks as the number two free throw shooter in school history. Carroll's co-pilot at point guard was Laura Hutchinson. Hutch was short and scrappy. She was outgoing, not afraid to show videos of her dancing as a young kid. Hutch started for three years as the replacement to an excellent point guard, Kira Peterson. Laura carved out her own niche. The
2: heartbeat of the team. She always had energy, whether she was feeding off of somebody else's energy because she was stressed or focused on something else outside of the court. She always brought 100% energy
0: onto the court to lead us around, push us around, hurt us around. She was exactly what you wanted a point guard to be. Very vocal, very encouraging. She's someone on the court that, that lifts you up and pushes you forward and keeps you going. That voice that you need out there has energy and is spunky and is positive, and she's just like a force of nature you want around.
3: The best teammate ever. Hard worker, love the assist, love playing defense, always positive. Even when I was down, she would walk 94 feet to the other end of the court because I'd be working with the front court players and go, hey, coach, it's gonna be okay. She had a radar that was second to none as far as understanding people.
1: Hutch was the shortest player on the team and the most gregarious. Another player on the team was the opposite of that the quiet six foot two center, Corinne McCormick. Corinne was an incredible volleyball player, one who could have played Division I, but who instead chose to serve her country. She became an All-American in Division III volleyball and helped lead the team to the Elite Eight. In Mack's first three years of basketball, you'd see flashes, a nifty pass, or a blocked shot against a star player. But it wasn't until her senior year that she put it all together. The Coast Guard's league, the NEWMAC, didn't have a Defensive Player of the Year award. But she or Natalie Moyer would have been the choice that season, hands down. Corinne was also one of the league's best three-point shooters and one of its best passers. By the end of her career, her father and her future husband came to games wearing shirts parodying the Michael Jordan advertisements. Be like Mac.
3: Corinne, pure athleticism, obviously an unbelievable volleyball player, but without Corinne, we we would not have been successful.
0: Corinne is someone that I, I look up to, still very much so look up to. I think she is a phenomenal athlete. I don't care what sport you're playing, Corinne's going to be good at it. She's a phenomenal athlete and it's all it all comes from within. None of it is going to be telling you what to do or how to do anything. Really kind of like she's the rising tide that lifts all boats. She just is the type of athlete that makes the players around her better. And I'd say in Off the Court, that's how she is too. She's just a good person.
2: Corinne, again, she was a complete individual. She carried herself exactly how she wanted to carry herself. She didn't bend, she didn't. She wasn't a chameleon. She was always Corinne, understated, always at the top of her game, always good at everything that she did. She, it was as if she was thinking of her next step before she was actually walking and taking a step.
1: The fifth senior on the basketball team was Katie Colella. Katie had her share of difficulties at the academy. She was disenrolled and subsequently reinstated and played as a backup guard on the 2018.
0: A very positive teammate and incredible work ethic and a lot of fun to, to play basketball with.
1: Katie was a great
3: teammate for us and she was a streaky outside shooter and so when she got hot She was unstoppable, and we just couldn't get her the ball enough times in a game.
1: That year, the Bears added a promising freshman, speedy guard Jennifer Tamanen.
0: Incredibly impactful. Jenny also was, I, I would say, kind of in the same vein of Nate. She's someone who shows up on the court and puts the work in. The hustle is there, and she brings the energy that you want from a one or a two. And then off the court, it's similar to Nate. She's a lot sweeter than you'd think after playing against her. Very kind, very sweet, very bubbly, just great energy, a very positive person.
1: We can now circle back and talk about Melissa. Melissa comes from a big military family. At the time that she came to Coast Guard Academy, her parents and five brothers and sisters settled in Vero Beach, Florida, where her father, a retired naval pilot, was the director of operations for an orange juice company. Her father wasn't shy about yelling out her nickname when he came to home games. Melissa is forever big sis.
0: I always knew that I would be paying for college on my own and I really liked the idea of attending a service academy. So I had applied to a few a few different service academies and I chose the Coast Guard because of the peacetime mission. I really liked the idea of helping people. Melissa was
1: about five foot eleven and she was strong. She had a series of low post moves that led to her scoring a lot.
2: She came in and would always give it her all on the court. Roll her ankle, go off, get a tape, and say she was ready to come right back in muscle through, power through everything.
1: Her arrival and development in 2006-2007 gave the team a dimension it didn't have.
3: And I think Melissa was the catalyst that started to drive the gelling of that team. I say this all the time, but the success of the program hinged on Corinne learning that Melissa was open on the opposite side seal when we were doing ball reversal, and when Corinne did that, we became a totally different team. We became an unstoppable team. We needed one more scorer and one more rebounder and one more person with a high competitive spirit, and that allowed others to form a structure of that team.
1: Shout outs to some of the other key people on this Bears team. Allison Major, Crystal Lee Coonan, Chanel Lee, and Sabrina Taylor were among the others to see playing time. The Bears started the season 4-0. They won two games in California, then came back to New England and won two more. They won at Western New England on a buzzer beater by Corinne McCormick.
0: Corinne, I think, flashed high, got the ball. She got the shot off. And I remember the ball rolling around the rim like a Hollywood movie before it dropped. But, you know, buzzer went off, won the game. It was, and again, goosebumps. Mark, I have goosebumps thinking about it.
3: And all of a sudden, we, we realized we, we could win. And that was that last little piece. We had the scores, We had the rebounders. We had the assist people. We had the attitude. We had the chip on our shoulder. And all of a sudden, we realized we could win. And then the winning became a diversion. And that diversion begot a desire to win more.
0: I think a lot of it had to do with the, the they were seniors at the time. That group was so close. And I feel lucky to kind of have been so welcomed to the team, but they had been playing together and they were just really on the same page. There was, I think of it and I think of a lot of harmony. And when you've got talented people who are all working together in the same direction, I think that's what happens is you win 25 games.
1: All the while, these student athletes were dealing with their academic and military commitments.
2: When you come to practice, that was then, this is now. Release the energy, uh, release the stress, and focus on now. And I just remember kind of like mentally just outlining The paint. This is the court. This is where I play basketball. This is where I am Natalie the basketball player. This is not where I'm Natalie stressed for tomorrow's exam, Natalie stressed for tomorrow's formal room and wing and I haven't even done my laundry to fold it to put it away. Uh, Nothing else. It was this is basketball. This is where you come to kind of to get away. Just be satisfied and fulfilled so you can go back to every other stress. (laughs)
1: And they were dealing with the challenge of being a significant minority on campus. At the time, only a small percentage of Academy students were female. In an internal anonymous survey taken by the Academy in 2018, 45% of female cadets said they had been sexually harassed. About one in eight reported experiencing unwanted sexual conduct. In 2019, the House Committees on Homeland Security and Oversight and Reform released a report that followed an 18-month investigation into actions at the Academy. It said the Academy leadership did not conduct thorough and impartial investigations into sexual harassment and bullying issues. I should note, these are issues that have been problematic in the past for all branches of the military. Natalie and Melissa acknowledge that their experiences— May have differed considerably from their peers and predecessors.
2: My answer begins with a complete appreciation, gratitude, and almost a bit of loss of words in thanks of the sports teams helping you be an individual. So, to answer your question, I don't really remember standing out as a female. I was miserable with my male counterparts. I was miserable with my female counterparts. If I did well, I excelled. And I was just a fourth class, a third class, a second class, a first class cadet. When uh, I think junior and senior year, the two different admirals gave me a handwritten note. It wasn't first class or second class female cadet Moyer. It was just cadet Moyer, amazing, you know, and, and however they articulated the note. And it wasn't brought to my attention repeatedly through scenarios, indirectly, directly praise that I was a female. I was just Natalie Moyer or first class, second class cadet Moyer doing whatever I could. And I really appreciate how I was able to have an opportunity like that.
0: I try to leave space for all types of experiences. Women have wide degree of experiences. I had a very positive experience at the Academy. Again, it goes back to one of the reasons why I chose the Coast Guard over the Naval or Air Force Academies was it was a smaller environment. And I wanted that. I wanted a smaller group of people.
1: The Bears rolled through the season like never before. One by one, they beat teams that they previously struggled with, like Wesleyan and Springfield. One highlight was a double overtime win on the road at league rival Clark. She's going to step up for Fisker and be a leader, and it's Davis with a minute to play. 62-57, Clark, Davis moves right. Still on the dribble, Davis swings it left from Moyer. Her three is up, There it is, two-point game, 51 seconds to go. Davis gets oh. bumped into, no oh, call, great break. play. Got it to McCormick, now Tammany with 17 seconds in the front courts. Now Moyer with 13 seconds, cross court McCormick, McCormick, spin move, McCormick up and in with 6.5. Overtime here at Clark, we're even at 62. to Davis down low Martinelli, she's doubled and poked at, and Martinelli up and
3: in. There was four white jerseys within three feet of her, she still took them to the hole and buried it.
1: Tavenen gets to Davis. Center left for Lee. Lee inside Martinelli. Martinelli. Ready? Red and butter, baby. 74-72. Coast Guard. 435 game. left. Double OT. Roderick played by Davis. Backs her down. Oh, wow. Wow. What a job by Jacarro Davis.
2: They won't foul, he no fouls, no fouls.
1: The Bears will win a marathon against Clark today. A fantastic basketball a game win. at the Neller Center. And the head and Coast Guard fans come to their feet for the Bears. 86 to 76 winners over the Clark Cougars. One thing I've noticed about this team, doesn't like to lose. And this team's going to fight and fight and fight. You're
2: down five with a minute left. How did this team manage to come back and get this win? We just rely on each other, and we always come into a game with the, with the mindset that we're the underdogs, and we have to fight for everything.
1: Coast Guard went 11 and 2 in New Mac play, and was the number two seed in the league tournament. It hosted Clark in the quarterfinals, and the Cougars tried to play a rough game. The Bears would have none of it. McCormick, cross court to Davis. Give it to Hutchinson. Open for three. Knocks it down. Three nothing. Coast Guard. And Nate's going to pressure the ball here and forces the steal to Carol Davis, grabs it for Coast Guard. Six straight points for the Bears, they lead 12-10, 10-10 to play. Moyer fakes a pass, gets to McCormick. On our left for Davis, open for three, to Carol hits. Now to Moyer, only eight on the shot, clock for Coast Guard. Now Tamanin, for three, she hits. It's an 11-point lead Ten Tamanin from downtown. 17-2 run for Coast Guard. The buzzer sounds. And the United States Coast Guard Academy advances to the New Mack semifinals with a 56 43 win over the Clark Cougars. A hard fought game. The semifinals against Springfield took place at the top seed, Wheaton. The Bears had beaten the Pride twice before, but this time Springfield found ways to frustrate Moyer like no team had all season. Corinne McCormick tried to keep the Bears alive, scoring 23 points but Coast Guard came up one shot short. With no NCAA bid, the Bears decided to play in the ECAC tournament, essentially the consolation tournament for teams that didn't make the NCAAs. The younger players told Coach Gaines and Coach Simanka, we're not losing. Coast Guard rolled through its first-round game against Maine Maritime, winning by 27 points. The semifinal against Endicott was a little tougher. The first half was a defensive struggle, with the teams tied at 15. But the Bears pulled away in the second half. Melissa Martinelli scored 23 points, Natalie Moyer had 14, and Coast Guard won 56-39. In the championship game against Fitchburg State, Melissa got in early foul trouble. But it was no matter. She had a perfect game, 6 of 6 from the field, 8 of 8 on foul shots, for 20 points. Natalie Moyer was right there with her, adding 19 points in the last of her 107 games played. That ended a season in which she was an honorable mention All-America selection. Here's where there, offense. 12 on the shot, clock Davis wing left for 3. She hits yes. Moyer wing left. She'll take a three. Knock that down. That's two threes for Natalie Moyer. Pittsburgh timeout. 11-4. Coast Guard in front with 15.44 to play. Nate's leaving a strong impression in the early part of her last game. As McCormick sinks a three from the corner on the feed from Moyer. And Corinne knocks down her first shot of the game. It's 14-6 Bears. Second for Katie Coella. Is up and good. Two for two for the senior guard. Oh, nasty collision. Hutch went to the floor. bounces right back up and then gets the steal <laughs> for Coast guard What a tough play. Center left for Taminin. Seven on the shot clock. Down low, Major. Turn around. Good. Allison Major for two. In the corner to Taminin. Her three is up and good at the buzzer. 42-27. One of the best halves of basketball on the offensive end this season for Coast guard The Bears go into the break up by 15. They made 10 three-pointers. Hutchinson finds Martinelli. basket put in a foul. Eventually, up for Melissa Martinelli. She'll go to the free-throw line. Chance to cash in a three-point play. Laura, Natalie, Katie, Corinne, and DeCarroll. And they clap it up on the sidelines. And the Bears are ECAC champs. They win a Pittsburgh, for 77-63. Three wins in a row to close the year, as the Bears are ECAC New England champs for the first time in their history. The championship win for the Coast Guard was the 63rd win for the senior class. A school record.
0: I wish I had the right words to say. That team, and I guess maybe this is just how it works in life, but... That experience only grows more and more special as time passes. Such a privilege to be part of that group. And I just feel, I feel so grateful when I look back on that experience, yeah.
1: You're very philosophical about it.
0: That's how it feels. Yeah, it's just a very special time. And we came
2: together as a team. That was the one, it wasn't Nate, it wasn't the it wasn't Hutch, it wasn't Corinne, it wasn't Melissa, it wasn't Chanel, it wasn't Brittany, it was the team.
3: They're still teammates, they still consider themselves teammates. They respect each other professionally, personally, they love each other, they wanna help each other. I would say the team, the winning, the championship, that's all maybe a result of those relationships. And those relationships are so important to them that they've been maintained all these years. Certainly between us and them, and between them and them.
1: There is a sad postscript to this story. Just one year later, in March 2009, women's head coach Alex Samanka was found dead in his car. The cause of death was a self-inflicted gunshot wound. An internal investigation found that Samanka had embezzled more than a million dollars from a student sports fund to pay gambling debts. In the days before his death, Samanka was interviewed by investigators and apologized to them for what he did.
2: Unfortunately, that tragic event reiterated and reinforced the camaraderie and the family that Coach Samanka created out of the women's basketball team, that everyone came together and there were people whose names I didn't know, whose, whose names we did know. We all just came together, held hands, cried together, smiled together, told the same story because of him and the family that he created through women's basketball to help us survive the academy, support one another, and be the best officer we could be once we graduated.
0: I, I look at basketball and I think about it seems so simple, like, oh, it's just the sport, but I look at all that it has taught me and I look at all that it's helped me make sense of or learn. With coach, when he passed, it that was a really hard lesson about what it is to lose a person that you're just very incredibly close with. And so having the team there, it drew us closer. And I think it supported me through a very difficult time.
3: I will always remember Alex as a good friend, a teammate, and I'll always remember him as putting other people first and his players first and his coaches first. To this day, we think of him often, and that's what we think about when
0: we think of him. There's so many times where I think in my career, I would just love to tell him because I think he'd be really proud of me. I I know he'd be proud of all of us. Yeah, I miss him.
1: The members of the Coast Guard women's basketball team have gone on to successes, both in the fleet and beyond.
0: We didn't know it at the time, but we were playing with future commanding officers, helicopter and C-130 pilots, marine inspectors, lawyers, mothers, to be part of a team that equally pushes and uplifts its members is a unique experience.
1: Captain Gaines became the head basketball coach after coach Samanka's death and coached the team for three seasons. He recruited what became a highly successful class after his departure. He and his wife, Andrea, currently live in Florida and keep in close touch with their former players. Carol Davis won multiple awards for her Coast Guard work. She's since become a lawyer, working now as a legal aid attorney. Corinne McCormick is now Corinne Plummer. She continues to serve in the Coast Guard and return to the academy to work. She'd sit near the broadcast booth at basketball games with her children. Now, she and her husband Patrick live in New Orleans. In 2020, she was part of a group that received a gold medal for its investigative work in a high-speed boat crash. Laura Hutchinson was someone who knew she wanted to be in the Coast Guard since the sixth grade. She was recently the commanding officer of a Coast Guard cutter in Hawaii, and now works in Washington, D.C., where she lives with her husband and son. Katie Colella stayed local. She's a mom of three and works for Electric Boat, a sub builder in Groton, Connecticut. Natalie Moyer's military travels have taken her all over the world. She began serving in New Jersey, then went to flight school, In 2016, she became an international liaison officer traveling across Africa, Europe, and the Middle East. Among the highlights of that was working in tandem with leadership of the United Arab Emirates on maritime strategy. She's currently working at headquarters as a port security officer in Washington, DC, while taking classes towards a master's degree in international relations at Oklahoma State. Natalie also continued to play basketball in local leagues and briefly on the All-Armed Forces team. She's also gotten involved in the pageant circuit, participating both nationally and internationally. She'll represent her home state as Miss Oklahoma International at the next Miss International Pageant in July 2022. Another honor was representing the Netherlands.
2: My mission was really to connect both selfless serving entities. So, I mean, we selflessly are serving our country as military representatives. It's uh, more of a, a scholarship type system so that whomever wins the title, then the pageant system Focuses on that person's platform, that person's nonprofit, and giving back rather than a set goal, and you have to come in and mold. Just represented the Netherlands at the International United Miss Pageant and was focusing on bringing the two communities together through articulation of being your best self kind of really, if I'm if I'm not 100%, I don't have 100% of Natalie Moyer to give to your mission, to my mission, to your to a conversation with you or anything. So kind of reiterating that we all have to be our best self in order to give 100% to anyone, anything, action, person, conversation. Wonderful experience, yes. Surprisingly, um, this last pageant, all of them, all of the women were quite similar to me and that this was something that they did to in a way prove to themselves that they are deserving, that they are doing well, kind of self-recognition.
0: The true strength of that team was in the resilience, the persistence, and the unyielding desire to push and propel ourselves onward and upward. My experience playing basketball with these women has made me the Coast Guard officer I am today
1: Melissa Martinelli played two more years at the Academy and
0: became the school's all-time leading scorer. Putting to the test the principles of teamwork, followership, and leadership that were preached in Chase Hall. With each triumph, we celebrated our strength and success. With each stumble, we served as the anchor that kept us grounded and focused on picking ourselves up again.
1: Like with Natalie, Melissa's post-Academy career has taken her all over the world. She worked in the White House for two presidential administrations.
0: In the White House Situation Room, as a senior duty officer, I was responsible for a team of people that we primarily do three things. One, we help maintain a global situational awareness for the president, vice president, and National Security Council staff. So that involves notifying them of breaking news events when things go on around the world. We help with the presidential and vice presidential communications. So when they need to talk to their counterparts, we'll facilitate a conversations with other heads of state. And then third, we liaise with the 17 different intelligence agencies and help information and intelligence flow in and out of the White House.
1: Melissa also put her basketball skills to use there, helping a National Security Council team win a tournament. She since became an Olmstead scholar, learning a new language and traveling to Argentina to get a master's degree. She's returned to the States and now lives and works on a cutter in San Francisco as a command duty officer, offering search and rescue aid. She was elected to the Coast Guard Athletic Hall of Fame in 2020. Melissa's comments that bookend this episode of the podcast are an excerpt from a letter she wrote in support of getting the team elected to the Hall of Fame as well.
0: My experience as a member of the USCGA women's 2008 basketball team is the cornerstone experience in my Coast Guard career and asked more of me than I realized I could give, but in return has given me more than I ever could have asked for. I will be forever grateful.
1: A Lasting Legacy is hosted, produced, and edited by me, Mark Simon. Special thanks to Rick and Andrea Gaines, Melissa Martinelli, and Natalie Moyer for their support of this project. And thanks to the Martinelli family for the long-ago case of orange juice they sent my way. I hope you'll get a chance to check out our other episodes about the amazing run of the men's basketball team. Thank you for listening.